Good morning, church family. I love that you're, you're chattering and having a great time speaking with each other and seeing each other. We're glad that you're here. Um, this is our Commitment Sunday. We've been talking about this Sunday for a while now, so if you're visiting for um, any of those that are getting baptized or any of our families, we want to welcome you. We're glad you're here. I see Mary Ruth Dixon. Mary Ruth, I'm so glad to see you. Um, I have several announcements I want to share with you this morning. If you are a high school senior or if you're graduating from college or any kind of um, extended degree, if you'll let us know, our graduate Sunday is May 23rd, um, and we'd love to be able to recognize you on that day. So if you've not let us know, please do so in the coming weeks. Seniors, you have one more week to get your WMU award application into the church. So if you're a senior and you have not turned that in yet, you have one more week. Our baby dedication will be on Mother's Day, which is May 9th. Um, I know we have four in our church um, who will more than likely be dedicating, but if you have not let us know that you would like to dedicate your child on that day, please contact us at the office. If you're going on a mission trip or you have a child going on a mission trip, you should have received an email from Nicole this week. It has a lot of information containing that trip. So if you've not gotten that, let Nicole know, and if you have, make sure you read it. Camp Horizon Forms. Nicole has talked about that for several weeks. Um, we've had forms here, but they have now gone out to Bowling Springs and Springmore, and they will fill up fast. So if you are especially a part of our congregation and you have not gotten your forms in, make sure you do that quickly because, like I said, those spots will fill up quickly. Frisbee today, if you are interested in doing Frisbee, will be at Gardner-Webb at 530 if you'd like to join in on that. Um, you may have noticed we have bulletins back now. Um, you can find them at the, at the back back there or out here outside of the store. You can find a bulletin. And you also may have noticed this morning um, a sign that had a QR code. If I say QR code, does, do most of us in this room know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking That right there is a QR code. Okay, um, there's a sign at the back where our bulletins are, and there's a sign here where our bulletins are. If you would like to not have a bulletin, save some paper. You can take your phone, and if you've never done that before, turn your camera on, you point it at that code, and it'll pull up a link, and you click it, and it'll take you straight to our bulletin. So on Sunday mornings, if you'd like to do that instead of taking a paper bulletin, you're welcome to do that. Those of you who are at home, you can find our bulletins every week online on our website, very first page, there's a tab that says bulletin. You can click and see what we're doing for that Sunday. Um, and on the back, I'm going to speak for Nicole because she's our resident recycle girl. Um, on the back, it encourages you to be good stewards and recycle your bulletin. So if this is not important to you past this hour, we encourage you to recycle them. so We can be good stewards of the earth. I think that's all of our announcements. Like I said, we're glad that you've chosen to join with us. If you're online, thank you for tuning in this morning, and let's turn our hearts to worship.
Good morning. It's good to see all of y'all today. We've got, today we have a wonderful service of worship and celebration as we baptize three this morning. So we'll, we'll begin by looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 28 through 39. Luke offers this, this recollection of, of the apostle Peter as he baptized at Pentecost. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and, and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom I call, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And after this he said, after this, after he said this, three thousand believed and three thousand were baptized. Today we're not baptizing three thousand. We're baptizing three. I believe God in Christ has saved them from their from their uh, sins. They believe that he empowers them through the strength that he gives, and they are assured of heaven when they leave this place. Today's the day of celebration. I've already said that. We celebrate today. Lily Kramer. Whenever I see silly, Lily, she makes a face at me. She makes a face. I said silly. Did you catch that, Tom? Uh, whenever I see Lily, she makes a face at me. I look forward to that because I get to make a face back. I'm good at that. You can call this an act of a number of things. You can call it a number of things. But my favorite Christian author, Bob Goff, calls it whimsy. Whimsy. That's when you're in family in the church of God and you do silly stuff like that. You make faces at people. You tell everybody you're glad to see them. We don't need to be serious that, that serious. We don't need to do that. We need to embrace the whimsy. Thank you, Lily, for doing that. Braxton Padgett. Braxton surprised me when I talked with him and his dad, Jason, the other day. He's a very informed, he has a very informed view of what is involved in following Christ and accepting him as his Savior. As I talked to him, I eventually asked him if he would do a revival for me someday because he's that good. He knows what he's talking about. And he's very smart. He'll be a very special addition to the kingdom of God. Bree Tessner. Bree Tessner is always smiling. She doesn't talk a lot, at least not to me, but there's a lot of smiling. That smile reminds me of the joy that we possess as followers of Christ. It's one of the first two characteristics in the fruits of the Spirit. Love and joy. Love and joy. That smile of joy reveals Bree's witness to the world that Christians have something to be happy about. Be joyful. So let's enjoy this joyful day as we participate together in this ordinance of baptism. Pray, if you will, during this time. Remember your own baptism and celebrate and worship God during this time. joys we ever have is to come into the baptismal waters and it's always a special joy for me and I appreciate the opportunity to baptize my granddaughter and Lily upon your profession of faith and your belief in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and in obedience to his command I baptize you my granddaughter in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Next, we'll baptize Braxton. Braxton Padgett, in obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, I baptize you, my little brother, in Christ, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.
three tests new. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I baptize you, my little sister in Christ, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Folks, it's been a good day. You know, it's going to be even better today as we celebrate commitment today. So y'all be praying as we gather together to worship today. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you'll work in our service today, that we'll be aware of your presence with us, that you'll speak to us and make us know that you're here with us, that we'll find a sense of commitment in Jesus Christ, that this will be a service where you speak, and we get out of the way and let you do your talking. Speak to us all today. We thank you for this wonderful baptism. We thank you for these who made the commitment. And we remember our own baptism. We remember our characteristics and the things we possess, the gifts we possess. I pray, God, that we might uh, use the gifts you give us to be Christians in the world. In his name I pray. Amen.
We join together in prayer this morning. I want to mention a few requests for you to be praying for. Travis Bradley has upcoming surgery, so if you'll be praying for Travis and his family. Melissa and Jean Edmonston are both facing some scans in the coming weeks, so be praying for them. Clyde Kuhn, we mentioned him last week. He was in the hospital. He is home, so a praise for that. And Sharon Carey and her family, they are in Texas as they um, say goodbye to her mother, uh, Marcella Beaver. So be praying for Sharon um, as they grieve the loss of her mother. This morning, we also want to be praying for Lily and for Braxton and for Bree um, on the profession of their faith and their baptism. And as they go through the coming weeks and months and years of their faith, um, that they would be strong and true to God and um, that we as the body of Christ would be good examples for them as well. So would you join me as we go to the God in prayer? God, this morning we are celebrating three new lives in Christ. God, we thank you for the people in their lives who have shown them what it means to follow you. God, that by their examples they have led Lily and Braxton and Bree to also want to call you as their Lord and Savior. God, we pray for them as as they begin this journey and this walk with you. And God, we pray that those of us who are walking beside them would be good examples of what it means to be salt and light in this world, what it means to demonstrate your love and your peace and your compassion. God, what it means to be witnesses of the gospel. God, as we celebrate this morning, we also know that there are those in our church family who are facing burdens and who are facing illnesses and concerns. God, whether they've been spoken this morning, whether there are concerns on our hearts, God, that perhaps no one knows but you. God, we lift all of these up to you, knowing that you are the great physician, and God, you provide a peace that no one else can. God, thank you that each and every time that we meet in this place, that you meet us here. And so this morning, God, as Andy comes to bring us a word, God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would open our ears to hear something new and fresh today. And God, that we would leave this place changed. It's in Christ and we pray. Amen. Y'all, I brought a little of the baptismal pool with me this morning. I've got wet socks, so it could be a short sermon today. But uh, hopefully I don't catch pneumonia. That'll be all right. It's worth it to have a baptismal service. You know, you can't trust waiters. I put my foot in there and my foot hit water immediately. I knew I was in trouble, so I'm good to go. Let's look at our scripture today. It comes from Romans chapter 
12 verses 9 through 13, a very straightforward passage that says a lot to us as we think about it and pray about it. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. And this is always a good one. Just a final, final little saying there. Practice hospitality. Be hospitable. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for this time of worship. And Father, I pray that we'll look at our lives and see if we are enthusiastic believers, if we do practice enthusiasm in our following of Christ. I pray, God, that we'll, others will know that we're followers by the, the actions we take and the attitudes we possess, that they'll see Jesus in us. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. When my youngest son, Ethan, was very young, he approached me with this declaration. He said this to me, and I didn't know how to take it. He said, Daddy, I got lusiasm. I got lusiasm. I didn't want to misinterpret what he was saying. I thought he might be saying he had some kind of gastroenterological problem and needed to find a restroom. But as I questioned him further and probably sought the help of an interpreter, his mama, it seemed that he had picked up on a word. Maybe he was in school or something like that. Somebody maybe said something to him. But he actually figured out an elementary understanding of the word enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. He was trying to say this when you think about it. This is my interpretation. Father, as I have observed this particular situation, I have concluded that this is something I can commit to and I can get excited about. That's what he's saying. It's something I can get excited about. And that be the case, we all need to see if we can get some enthusiasm. We need to be enthusiastic about something. Some folks are enthusiastic about sports. Some folks are enthusiastic about food. That flips their switch. Food. How many of y'all like food? How many of you enjoy good food? How many of y'all like the beacon? Greasy food. There you go, Doug. We're going in May. We're going in May. Uh, food flips their switch. There are those who love music. Love music. A lot of folks love music. And we're enthusiastic about performing and listening to it. Performing music and listening to it. What is it that fires you up? What is it that gets you going? What is it that fires you up? These things are well and good, and I hope you're enthusiastic about something. I hope you have some enthusiasm about something. Now, this is not a guilt trip message, folks. I don't, I don't believe in the, the motivational ability of guilt. It's only a temporary motivator. But Paul in verse 11 says, be motivated by sincere love, and in motivation by that sincere love in Christ, be zealous. Zealous, not jealous, but zealous. Be excited. Be enthusiastic about your faith. Be enthusiastic about your faith. In, there, in life, there's so much to get excited about. There's so much to get excited about. This is an exciting day today. I get excited about baptism. It's something that's, I get so excited I forget my words sometimes. It's really something else, but there's so much to get excited about in the world today. I love a Saturday Clemson football game. I love that. Now, games are, God created games to be played at 12 o'clock on Saturday, but they play them all times now. But I, I love football game. And I'll take them any time I can get them. I love a football game. I get enthusiastic about the game. Sometimes I used to get too enthusiastic, but now I'm getting old. Another thing we get enthusiastic about, I get enthusiastic about, is old bottles, digging old bottles. You think I'm crazy, don't you? But it's one of those things I like to do. I, like to, I, I wanted to be an archaeologist when I grew up. That's what I wanted to do. But I like to dig old bottles. Yesterday, Susie Buckner and Clyde Buckner and Danny Buckner and Jennifer Buckner and I, we went and dug in an old outhouse because that's where the good stuff is. We dug in an old outhouse until we struck water and we realized we were in trouble then. But we had a good time. Danny did the digging. That was good. I like that when he does the digging. I just looked. I was at Washington at the Bible Museum earlier this, earlier this week. 
or last week, and I couldn't control myself as I spoke to a presenter there. She was talking about biblical times, and she had an old bottle from ancient Rome, old glassware, and she had to tell me, she said, you can't have that bottle. You can't have the bottle. I must have looked kind of suspicious. I am from Gaffney, so, you know. She said, you can't have the bottle. I love to talk 70s music. 70s music, that's when music was good, back in the 70s. I spent my teen years scanning album liners, looking at album liners. What, what, what person played on this particular group? And who was the assistant, the, the folks who assisted on that? I realized later in life I'd be better off in knowing a whole lot more about Jesus and a little less about the Rolling Stones or Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. I realized I needed to know more about Jesus. But I was enthusiastic about that. That's something I could get excited about. I loved it. Still love it to this day. Which brings me to my point today. What about enthusiasm in the Christian life? What about enthusiasm in the Christian life? Shouldn't we possess this in the life of Christ that we live? Shouldn't we be enthusiastic about our faith? Isn't it something we get excited about? Should we do that? I believe we should. I think many times we get the wrong idea about spiritual zeal. I think we get the wrong idea about fervor and enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is perceived as uncool sometimes. Uncool. You don't get excited about anything. And by all means, don't be perky. Don't be perky. Act toward everything, including your faith, as if you could care less. You know, just act that way. That's the way you're supposed to do it because it's just it's not cool to be enthusiastic. Some folks think of it that way. They don't get enthusiastic about the faith because of that. But on the other hand, there are those who get excited about the faith, get excited about the faith, which is good, and then assume since they take their faith seriously, they must be victims. Everybody's out to get them because they're enthusiastic about their faith. It's us against the world. For some, it means you get defensive. You're always fighting for Jesus, so much so that you're un unapproachable to many folks. That happens at times. For some, it means that you officially limit your discussion to one thing, to one thing, Jesus. That's all you talk about and how terrible the world is. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes assume enthusiasm means that. But we have a life. We have a life. Some examples would be this. In a discussion of a football game, say perhaps someone says, Andy, where are you going after the game? I'd say, Herbert, it's been a good game. But don't you really think we need to think about where you're going when the game of life ends? Do you really? So we're not always in sermon mode. We're not always in sermon mode. I think it's great to get Jesus in the conversation. I'm always looking for an opportunity to get him there. It's great. But don't you think we need to be living Jesus, living him? Enthusiasm doesn't mean we're always in sermon mode. In other words, enthusiasm for the Christian life means this. You live enthusiastically for Christ. You live it every day, even though he's not your only topic of conversation. You live it out. Others see Jesus in you. It's important to do that. Hopefully people see Jesus in your life in your conversations, in the conversations you have with others, in your attitudes. Attitude means a lot. In your actions, even though you may not be conscious of it. In the book of Revelation, there's an interesting passage, a very disturbing passage, a harsh passage, that causes all of us who profess, profess Christ to evaluate a little bit, to think a little bit, because it's so disturbing. John is sharing the words of the risen Christ to the church at Laodicea. Some, some tough words. Revelation 3, 14 through 16. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write these things. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds. You're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. Some harsh words, some terrible words. What Jesus is saying is that we must possess some enthusiasm pertaining to our faith. We have to be enthusiastic. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. We don't just dabble in the Christian life. It's not something that we just dabble in and say, I have a little bit of it. It's a wholehearted effort. It's not something you can take or leave. 
It's not something you can take or leave. It's all in or all out. And that can be scary. That can be frightening. Being cool is lukewarm and responding to a person about the faith with a whatever attitude is unacceptable. I can take my faith or I can leave it is not an option for the follower of Christ. We don't put on the faith like a change of clothes. That's not what we do. It's a different life. We give ourselves wholly to Jesus Christ. I was baptized at nine years of age. I'm reminded of my baptism every time I baptize someone, and it reminds me of that. I was baptized at nine years old. I had an elementary understanding of what Jesus was all about. I had an elementary understanding. I knew what some of the things about it. I was a sinner and needed forgiveness. I was not a terrible person, but I was a sinner. I needed forgiveness. Jesus forgave me. He forgave me, and that's a wonderful thing. Therefore, I'll be going to heaven when I depart this world. I knew that. that I had a place to go. I knew my destination when I parted this world. I would be going to heaven. But in my early 20s, I was enlightened by the Almighty. God spoke to me and told me some things. I had some responsibilities that I needed to take seriously. There's some ramifications in following Christ. There's responsibilities. And I had a point of crisis. I had a point of crisis in my life. I think we all come to that point where we say, I'm going to take it or leave it. It's time for either be a Christian or not be a Christian. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to truly give all of me to Jesus. I didn't know if I wanted to do that or not because I didn't know what would happen. Would he turn me into some sort of holy robot? Would it be someone who folks couldn't relate to? Would it be spouting scripture all the time or something like that? Would he send me to some remote part of the world? Would I go somewhere I didn't want to go? Would I be, you know, on the other side of the world somewhere, away from family and friends? I didn't know what to expect when I followed Christ, when I gave my life to him. Would I have to forsake my personality? Would I have to put my personality aside and become something else? Serious, somber, and not much fun. Would I have to do that? Would that have to be my life from that point on, from giving my life to Christ? I did a little of that. I did a little of that. I went through a phase where I called people brother and sister for a while. And it was uncomfortable. I'd go up and say, hey, Sister Catherine, how are you doing? Hey, Brother Robert. That wasn't me. It's Catherine and Robert. But you may feel comfortable doing that. Do that. But it wasn't me. God uses the personality that we have. And that's why I said something about the kids that we baptize. They have personality traits. They have different traits. Use those in the kingdom. Use those in the kingdom. I told Braxton, I said, Braxton, you're probably going to be writing books one of these days. And, and, and Lily, she just, she's the delight. She's the delight. I love you, Lily. You're so much fun, I can make faces. And Bree, I think Bree's scared of me. But she smiles all the time. She's got the joy of it, of the life in her. Christian life. She's a smiler. And that's good to see somebody smile. You know, it brings it gives you a different attitude. It makes you feel better to see somebody smile. Thank you, Bree. We all bring our different personality traits. We're a changed person. We're different people. But we bring our personality traits to the table. And we live the life that God's called us to live using that wonderful personality that God's given you. I came to the point of crisis in my life when I considered two options. It came down to this. I was going to be a good person, but I was going to be an atheist. I decided that's what I was going to do. Or I was going to take my faith seriously. And even though I couldn't answer all the questions, and even though some things didn't make, seem to make sense, I was going to follow Jesus. I was going to follow Jesus. And I learned as I followed. I learned as I went. It's the best decision ever made. It's the best decision you've ever made. It's a wonderful decision that you've made to follow Jesus. I've learned as I've followed. I've learned as I've gone. I don't know everything yet. I was having a discussion with someone the other day, and they said, I told them, maturity is realizing you don't know everything. Sometimes folks will ask me a question about the faith, and I'll go, I just don't know about that. I just don't know about that. I still have a lot left to learn. I have a lot left to learn, and you have a lot to learn. You'll grow in the faith 
I know you will because you got folks praying for you and God loves you. So what does a sold out faith to Jesus look like? What does a sold out faith to Jesus look like? I believe our passage of scripture illustrates it very well. So I'll use some examples from our scripture. Enthusiastic faith includes sincere love. Sincere love. Can you tell when somebody just says, I love you and it doesn't mean anything? Don't look at your husband or wife right now. But you can tell sometimes, I love you. And you don't have to look at them and go, I love you. Don't have to do that. But you know, you know when somebody, somebody knows you love them. They know that. It's not something you use flippantly. One of the things I get accused of, you know, I came from a family who said, I love you all the time. And I might say, Mom, Dad, I'm going to the bathroom. I love you. I'm going to take a shower. I love you. I'm going out to the car to check my oil. I love you. You know, I love you was, was one of those things. But, but, but we, we, we need to be saying I love you a lot, but mean it when you say it. Sincere love. 1 John 4, 7 through 12. This exemplifies the Christian. 1 John's a great book. Read it in one sitting. Sit down and read 1 John. It's great. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. It comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. This is how he showed it to us. He sent his one and only son into the world that, that we might live through him. He showed us that love. He showed it to us. And we are to live likewise. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God also loved us, we also ought to love one another. Did you catch that? Some folks are easier to love than others. I'm not making eye contact with anybody right now. Some are easier to love than others. I was talking with someone this morning. I have a terrible memory now. I was talking to someone this morning about, about family. And they said, let me tell you about my, my husband. Or let me tell you about my wife. You know, they know all about us. And sometimes we're hard to love. Sometimes even I'm hard to love. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? We also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It's complete. It's there. If we love one another. So remember that. 1 Corinthians 3, 13, 1 through 3 puts it in another perspective that's very important to hear. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just making a bunch of noise. If I don't mean it, I'm just making noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a, have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I have not love. If I give all I possess to the poor, I'm surrender my body to the flames and have not love, I gain nothing. It means nothing. Sincere, enthusiastic, real love is our witness to the world. One of the ancient writers once said, my, how those Christians love one another. Do they say that about us? I hope they do. Because there's a sense of love here. I love this about Poplar Springs. We, we we're family here. And you're a part of the family now. You've been a part. But now you're a baptized believer in this family of God at Poplar Springs. We love one another. It, means, it also means the acts that we perform mean absolutely nothing if we don't have love behind them. The Spirit of God empowers us to truly love others. The Spirit of God empowers us. That's what makes us love one another, is the Spirit of God dwelling within us. So go out and love others enthusiastically. Do that. Enthusiastic faith doesn't make evil its goal. Enthusiastic faith doesn't look for evil to do. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Love does not delight in evil. It doesn't delight in evil. It doesn't find pleasure in evil things. 
Sincere love motivated enthusiastic faith doesn't find pleasure in the misfortune of other people. They had it coming to them. I'm glad that happened to them. That doesn't, that doesn't bring us pleasure. That's evil. We don't wish misfortune on anyone. It doesn't delight in sinful stuff, the sinful things. It doesn't delight in that. Even though sinful things can look attractive, the sinful things look fun. Paul says these sinful things are obvious in Galatians chapter 5. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, and revelry. Do you find yourself on that list? Don't raise your hand. But we find ourselves on that list. Sin can be attracted to our old sinful selves. Enthusiastically resist the temptation to do the evil and sinful. Resist that temptation. Use the power of God. Enthusiastic Christians cherish, practice, and cling to the good. We couldn't just talk about sin and say these are terrible things, don't do those. We've got to tell you what you need to do. What we need to do as Christians. I'll use Galatians again. Galatians chapter 5. Read it sometime. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. This is Andy Oliver version. Love enthusiastically. We've already talked about that. Be genuinely joyful. Be genuinely joyful. Be happy with the world. Be at peace and be peaceful. Be at peace and be peaceful. We have the peace of God in us. The peace of Jesus Christ. We can be at peace, but we can also live at peace with one another in this terrible world. Be sincerely kind and good. Be kind to others. Be good to others. Be unashamedly faithful. Be unashamedly faithful. Be a gentle person, not a harsh Christian. Harsh Christians do some damage. They can do some damage. Be a gentle Christian, not a harsh Christian. Be gentle. Practice self-control. You belong to God in Christ. It is our goal to be enthusiastic followers. It's our goal. That's what we want to be. That's what we want to accomplish. It's our witness to the world. It's our witness to the world. And it's quite a challenge. It's not easy. I wish I could say this is easy, but it's not. If God calls you to follow him, he will enable you to be the enthusiastic followers he calls you to be and empower you through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within you and lives in us. Do you need to respond to the call today? Is he speaking to you today? Is God saying something to you today? We've seen some folks who have accepted Christ today and were baptized. That's a wonderful witness. I told them they were preaching a sermon that they can die to the old life and be risen to the new life in Jesus Christ. There are new, li there are new lives here today. That's what happened. It's been a witness to us today. Accept Christ and live the enthusiastic Christian life. And let, your Christ, let Christ shine in your life every day. Let those people see Jesus in you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for the blessedness of being able to gather to worship. We're thankful for this baptism. I thank you for Lily. I thank you for Braxton. I thank you for Bree. I thank you for their witness to us today. I pray, God, that you'll continue to speak to us as we go through the further commitment of this service today. That others will see Jesus in us. And we'll be the power and the strength of Jesus Christ in the world today. In his name I pray. Amen. All right. Are we going to recognize our folks right now? We're we going to recognize those who've made commitments. I've lost my bulletin. Catherine Emma. This morning we've added to our number quite a few folks. We've added three who have been baptized. We'll take a moment to remember to, to recognize them. We'll ask them to come forward and we'll present them with a Bible. So we want to recognize Lily Kramer. Lily. We'll recognize Bree Tesnier. 
Braxton Padgett, come on up, buddy. Thank you. You're good to go, buddy. Braxton, I'm going to put you up here and let you preach a little bit. I love those kids. Okay. What we do at a time like this is usually Baptists have a vote, and the vote is not to say this person is not going to become a part of our congregation. It's a vote for you. It's a charge to you as the congregation of Bible Springs Baptist Church that the folks that we mentioned here in just a few minutes, you'll support them and love them and pray for them and be with them in hardship and difficulty and let them know that they can have a place where they can come to. They can be encouraged and they can grow in Christ. So I'll be mentioning some names of folks who are joining our congregation today. And what a blessing it is to have these folks join our congregation. First, the Knight family. The Knight family. Chris, Beth, Peyton, Logan, and Gavin. Would you stand? Let's give them a big hand. By the clapping of your hands, you said you'll support these folks, so we appreciate you doing that. All right, you may be seated. The Klontz family, Eric, Penny, Erica, and Brianna. You are officially affirmed by this congregation, folks. What, what I like to do with, in, in that family is I like to get Ed Klontz to say amen so that Brianna will punch him. So... So, Brianna, I'll try to get him to say that so you can get him. The Hayes family, Dustin, Tara, Molly, and Olson. There they are. You are affirmed as members of our congregation. The Paget family, Jason, Brittany, Braxton, and Palmer. You may be seated. The Putnam family, Clay, Natalie, Gray, Spencer, and Sully. They're up in the balcony, folks. Carly Turner. Carly. Carly did the quick jump up. She did the quick jump up. So, Carly, we see you up there. We're going to come see you. Thomas and Megan Waters. They were married two weeks ago. You are affirmed. Keith Dixon married them, so y'all, we need to pray for them. And Justin Witherspoon. I don't have enough to say about Justin, but let's go ahead, Justin. Justin Witherspoon. You are affirmed. You know, a lot of times in the Baptist church, we say, all opposed by the like sign. I was thinking seriously about going, when Justin stood up going, nay. Justin's a good person. I love Justin. He's a good friend, and I consider him, Justin, this is an insult to you, but I consider you an Oliver boy. So he's, he's known Justin for a while. Anyway, we're glad to have those folks become a part of our congregation today. It's been a wonderful day. It's been a great day of worship and a great day of welcoming these folks. Are they going to go to the door? Are they going to go out in the courtyard or something? We're going to take them outside. If you feel comfortable going outside after the service concludes, go out there and mingle around so folks can talk to you. We won't give you any germs, but we'll do the best we can to make you feel welcome in the congregation. Folks, it's been good to be here today. So thank you for being here. Visitors and guests, we're glad you've been with us. 
And it's good to see all of you here today to worship. So thank you.
Hasn't it been a great day to worship together this morning? Um, if you've not gotten a chance to know any of our families that have joined this morning, please take some time to get to know them. They are wonderful families. We are, some of them have been with us for several years, some of us a little bit less, um, but we're wonderfully happy to have them with us. So I encourage you to find time to get to know them a little better. At this time, before we conclude our service, I'm going to recognize Roger Harris, who has a matter from the personnel committee. Good morning, my name is Roger Harris. This morning I have the honor of representing the Personnel Committee. Ten years ago this weekend, our church received a brand new pastor. Andy Oliver came to us from Sandy Run Baptist Church. Every once in a while, there comes someone very special, like you, who not only serves the church and its people faithfully, but who makes their own life a living testimony of Christ's love. Andy, we thank you for teaching us to be who God wants us to be and to accept others as the Lord accepts us. And on this day, as we thank God for our pastor, we must also give thanks for two. For when Andy came to us 10 years ago, God also sent us Kim. And we celebrate, as we celebrate Andy's anniversary, we also thank God for Kim. Your presence blesses all of us. Andy, on behalf of Poplar Springs Baptist Church, it is my honor to present you with this small gift. We thank you for a decade of devoted and caring ministry with us. Members of our church, would you stand and honor our pastor for 10 years? When I first heard Roger come up here, I was going to say, I'm sorry about drowning the kids today. I didn't mean to do that. You know, whenever you get the personnel committee up here, you kind of worry about that a little bit. But it's been a surprise. It's been a wonderful surprise. I didn't know it had been, this was the day. So it's exciting to be a part of a wonderful congregation. You've been very kind. And especially over the past couple of years, as things have changed a little bit, you've been very patient. Sometimes you don't know who's going to show up in the pulpit. Sometimes you have the auctioneer. Sometimes you have the whispering prophet. Sometimes you have the dancing preacher. So you don't know who's going to show up. But as you've been very patient, you've been loving. And this is a wonderful congregation. One thing I told Catherine and Nicole, and I think I've told some other folks, this is as good as it gets. It's a wonderful place. You've been so kind, and I love y'all dearly. Thank you. Roger, I am so thankful that you mentioned um, our thankfulness for Kim, because Lord knows... Only Kim understands what it's like to take care of Andy every day. We are very thankful for you, Pastor. Um, Nicole and I are extremely thankful to be able to work with you um, and happy we get to celebrate 10 years of your ministry here. So thank you for all that you do and your leadership here. Um, it's been a great day. Would you stand as we prepare to depart together? I want to remind you that your Deacon of the Week is Ben Brooks, so if you have any concerns this week, you can reach out to Ben if you can't reach someone at the church office. Would you join me as we pray together? God, it's been a wonderful day to worship you. 
It's been a wonderful day to celebrate new life um, in you and in this kingdom, God. It's been a wonderful day to celebrate those who have committed their families and themselves to our church and the ministries of Poplar Springs. God, we have so many reasons to praise you for who you are. God, we thank you for our pastor. Um, God, for his leadership over the past 10 years. God, for not only his abilities as a um, preacher and as a pastor, but God, as a friend, as someone who comes alongside each and every one of us um, and loves us and and seeks to um, have a relationship with each and every one of us. Um, God, we thank you for his leadership and how you've worked in his life. God, as we prepare to go forth into the world, God, as we head out of these four walls, God, I pray that you would um, light a fire inside of us, that we would be enthusiastic about the faith that we have. God, that the love we have for you would spill out into this world. God, that we would be beacons of light for your kingdom. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.